0: Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi, friends. Welcome back for another week of the show. Last week, I chatted with Dr. Krupa Playforth, founder of ThePediatricianMom.com. We talked about nutritional deficiencies and whether or not kids actually need vitamins. If you didn't catch that episode, definitely go back and listen because she breaks down a lot of the myths around kids' vitamins and has some great advice about how to make the best decision for your family. All right, so I'm so excited for you to hear from today's guest. As I mentioned, when I kicked off this new season, you told me that you wanted to hear more interviews with mom entrepreneurs who are trying to solve for some of the biggest challenges around feeding kids. And so one of those challenges is healthy baby food. In recent years, there's been an explosion of new brands that are veggie forward and are focused on real food ingredients instead of highly processed foods and those with a ton of sugar. We're also seeing a lot of really interesting flavor combinations that you're more likely to see on restaurant menus, but can go a long way in raising healthy, adventurous little eaters.
1: If they have grown up eating a wide variety of flavors, then there's so much more we can kind of put on the plate for them that brings them joy and also health.
0: That's Shabani Belugia, founder and CEO of Lil Gourmets, a company that makes fresh, organic, veggie first meals with no added sugars. Shabani shares the amazing, deeply personal story of how Lil Gourmets came to be, why flavor training is so important, and how to foster a love of global flavors and curiosity in our babies. She also talks about what she's most proud of since launching her company, the challenges she's faced along the way, and what's next for Lil Gourmets. Whether you have babies or big kids, there's so much in this conversation about the value of feeding kids real food, and I know you're going to love this interview with Shivani Belugia. Shabani, welcome to the podcast. Hi Julie, so glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your story. Kind of what were you doing before and how did Little Gourmets come to be?
1: Yeah, so I like to say I never really planned on becoming an entrepreneur, but I think my life led me here. So um prior to starting Little Gourmets, I spent about a decade at Kraft Foods. Um so I was at Big Food and I was in strategy, specifically mergers and acquisitions. So spent my time kind of studying different industries, brands, and just figuring out where were consumers going, where were they leaving, and what were some good growth opportunities. And um, at the same time, I was trying to become a mom, and I really had a difficult time. I went through about five years of infertility treatments before I had my, my firstborn, my son. And so during that time, seeing different specialists, and just trying to figure out what I could do um, to have a baby. I ended up turning to an acupuncturist who, she really helped me see food as medicine and take a look at the food that I was putting into my body. And so with her guidance, I eliminated all processed foods and eventually had my son uh, Jaden and so when the time came to introduce Jaden to salads, I just assumed that I would use the baby food on the market. I was really busy working mom like so many of us and um, didn't think I had time to cook his food. But when the time came, I was really struck by the irony. The um, baby food that I saw on shelf was you know, essentially the same food I cut from my own diet and, um, I never felt great about feeding it to him. So I, so I just started cooking all his food. Um, and in doing so, I, I really used just a variety of ingredients, a lot of different vegetables, meats, and always spices. I wanted to make him food that I felt was delicious. And so Really, what led to little gourmets was was seeing the impact that that type of feeding had on my son Jaden um, as a toddler, I saw he loved flavorful foods he loved vegetables and he really shunned processed food and um, so I started researching because of my background I started researching the baby food industry and and, um, and the importance of first foods and really found that the best way to feed our kids is really introducing them to flavor, introducing them to vegetables early and giving them, um, you know, fresh food that really tastes like the underlying ingredients to help shape their, their palate. So long, long way to say, like everything in my life kind of just led me here. And, um, this idea just stuck with me for a couple of years until I finally decided I, I just needed to see if I could make something of it
0: yeah so baby food is a is a big passion of mine. I, do, I no longer have babies, but when they were babies, I made all their baby food and and actually did think about starting a business. but clearly, there are you know people who can do it better than I can like yourself. Um but let's talk about why starting solids is such an important time in a baby's life,
1: yeah. so there's so much development that happens at that time. so I think there's there's a lot of different reasons that are a lot of different things that. That those first foods influence. I mean, one, we we want to deliver nutrients, although babies are getting so much of their nutrients from um, either formula or breast milk. And so really the other things we want to do are introduce variety. And, and the research is all showing that we can do what we like to call flavor train our kids. So we want to introduce them to a variety of tastes and textures and um, just give them the exposure that they need to start to learn to love love different flavors so we want to introduce them to like bitter vegetables and and all sorts of vegetables before we get too far into fruit because babies do love sweet food and once they get used to that sweet food it's harder to go back and train them to learn to love vegetables so we start with vegetables um, we expose them to different flavors so we really can get them to learn to love diverse flavors. And and I think the whole um, so much of the benefit is to to instill these healthy eating habits, healthy and adventurous eating habits for life. Um, we also want them to play with food we want, which really helps develop a healthy relationship with food. So we want them to feel the different foods and just explore. Um, and then we also want to introduce them to different allergens. So again, the research is showing to help with allergy prevention, we want, we don't want to wait too long to introduce those high allergen foods. So it really, there's, there's so much development happening with food um, in that early stage and and it can be a lot of fun. And so I think for me thinking about, Some of that early times with my kids, you know, it's like you—they taste these different flavors. They just their eyes kind of light up when they taste something they love, and it's just it can be a fun stage. And I think you get less of that with just really bland foods.
0: Yeah, and and you talk you you mentioned play, and you talk a lot about curiosity. So why is it important to foster that in our babies from from the get go?
1: So with fostering curiosity, you know, I think I think about it as we're that research that shows this really high correlation between our our early foods and our future eating habits. And so we like to, at Little Gourmets, really introduce them to global flavors because we want them to kind of taste flavors from around the world. We know that there's so much, so much of culture is related to food. And so we want kids to become more curious about Morocco because they've grown up eating Moroccan squash. And we just want them to kind of become more curious about the world. And we know we can do these things with, with food and with, um, or again, early introduction. And I think the other, you know, fostering curiosity is really also kind of expanding their palates. So if they have grown up eating a wide variety of flavors, then, there's so much more we can kind of put on the plate for them that brings them joy and also health, right? So they're not going to be as sheltered in what they eat or, or be kids that maybe only want to have a, a few different kinds of foods because again, so much of nutrition is having a variety of, of flavors, a variety of colors in different vegetables and fruit. And so we really want them to see we really want to expand their horizons. And and again, doing it early is the best chance that we have to to develop them into healthy eaters.
0: Yeah. And I think years ago, a lot of the guidance from pediatricians was start them on rice cereal and start them on oatmeal, these really bland foods. And so has that changed? And, and kind of what are some myths about feeding our kids baby food?
1: Yeah, it has. It has really changed. And it's, it's so interesting. I work with... um the Partnership for a Healthier America and our pediatric advisor, and they're really focused now on training pediatricians because the the science has or the research has really um, recommendations have really changed over the years. So yeah, back back even ten years ago, we were saying you know introduce one ingredient at a time, wait three to five days, and what we're learning is is a lot of that waiting. Really did contribute to kids becoming pickier eaters, as well as the the high um aller- like the number of kids that suffer from allergies. And so, um, what we're learning is there are um you know higher allergen foods, and you still want to be careful in introducing those, but you do want to do it early. But most foods. You don't need to do the try one ingredient and wait. You really just want to use this window, this um, flavor window opportunity to um, to introduce them to as many different um, flavors. I'm sorry, as you can. So, again, one of the key things you want to do in that baby food stage is just introduce a variety of flavors, textures and and different ingredients and just let them take. And play with food. Um, I think baby food to get back to your question was almost um, I think there are a few myths. One was it didn't matter. And what we gave our kids and we should just start them with anything. And it's you know almost the just get them fed. But we do know now that that's not true. And of course, getting them fed is so important, but it does matter. And so there is a there is a pattern that you want to follow with veggies first and then fruit. I think also it was thought of as a stage and sometimes still is. It's just a stage to get out of. And it's this bland (laughs) food that we as adults would never want to eat. And it's so funny because we have, um, you know, some of our some of our parents will reach out and say, you know, my my baby doesn't like baby food. And it's like, well, they probably actually are looking for more flavor because they actually were tasting flavor when they were in the womb. If you're breastfeeding them, they're tasting flavors that are in the milk. and and what we've learned is they they do love flavor. And so it's so interesting that, you know, it's almost, whereas there were rules before, it's almost, you know, give them give them what you want. Give them food off your plate. You know, I think I like to limit the number, the amount of salt, and we definitely have to limit or, or avoid things like honey early on. But outside of that, it's like, give them vegetables, give them meats. And try to think about fruit as a dessert early on until you've exposed them to enough vegetables, but give them as many different spices and um, and and just see how they kind of start to love food early on.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's so funny when you feed babies something new and they sometimes they kind of like pop, pucker their faces or give you a funny yes. look, but maybe they're just trying to, they're just getting exposed to it and they're trying to... Exactly figure it all out, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. They are. It's a new taste to them. And they're, I think their their brains are just processing. Do I like this? Do I not? And that's some of the other research that has come out is it often will take 10 tries for a baby to really accept a food. And so, you know, it's this don't give up. And um, I heard another baby food founder say, um, you know, it's kind of like riding a bike. You know, if your kid falls once, you're not like, oh, I'm done ever letting them ride bikes, you know, just to, to lift from this founder. But, and it's so true. Like if my kid didn't like broccoli the first time I have to keep trying and, and actually the research shows that it's that repeated exposure that really allows them to develop a love of these, of these different flavors.
0: Yeah, that's right. and so we, we know of the benefits of feeding our kids real whole foods, but what are some of the challenge that, challenges that parents are facing today as they look to either prepare those foods or purchase those foods?
1: Yeah, so I think there's probably a couple different things. One I'd say is is there's this misinformation, right? I mean, the, the baby food aisle is full of, you know, fruit-heavy products that either don't contain vegetables or contain such a small amount of vegetables that you're just not getting the taste. Um, and I think there's some lower quality products that are out there um, that, that, again, make us want to get out of this, this phase of baby food. Um, I, I know what I struggled with was, again, wanting to make my kids food, but sometimes just being like, I need a break. And I didn't mind cooking you know a good portion of their meals, but you know I wanted to not have to cook lunch or i or there were those days that it was just so busy, and trying to get dinner to on the table was just such a challenge, especially with their early <laughs> their early meal times um so I think what I was looking for was really just something that I felt great about um that was also convenient and you know, I was looking at starting this. It was 2017, 2018. So baby food has changed a lot since then. There's a lot of um, companies that are, you know, outside the grocery store and, and shipping to door that that do provide this kind of fresh or, or frozen um, but better for you options and that wasn't there back then. So to me, it was really like that finding a product that I feel great about feeding my kids is what I was not finding in the grocery store.
0: Yeah. And when we talk about convenience, we definitely think about those pouches, right? They're everywhere. <laughs> but what are some of the drawbacks that we see with those? So I actually, you know, I I
1: don't have um, big issues with the pouch in, in older kids at all, right? As long as it's, it's more what's in the pouch. And so products that are nutrient dense, um, you know, minimally processed that are in the pouch, I see great because if it gets our kids to eat more Um, get more of those servings of veggies and fruit that they need. I think it's great. I think early on what the research is showing is it is the pouch can inhibit some of the development that we really want to see in kids. So we want them to really savor flavor because we want them to get exposed to the flavor. So that's something that's more limited if you're kind of drinking through a straw versus Versus spooning um, and spoon feeding, we want them to be exposed to textures. And so often what's in the pouch has very similar textures to each other. And then you're also not touching it. So we we use a cup right now because we... Um, our products are mostly vegetables and they are minimally processed. So they're more like a hummus. So there's different levels of textures, even though they're all pureed to really expose them to these different textures. And there's also, it's so interesting that the hand eye coordination that comes with, with spoon feeding. So we've had a number of parents say, Oh my God, my kids started spoon feeding themselves at like 12, 13 months old. And often it's a second child and, like my first didn't do that. So I think just even even things like that, where it's just like learning how to grasp, learning how to use a spoon, and then again, really tasting, tasting the food. Um, and and one last thing I'd say is the um, recognizing your satiety cues. So that's one of the issues with the pouches is they go down so quickly that we don't necessarily recognize we're full. And so that's probably something to just be aware of as a parent is to make sure you're, you know, you your kids aren't going through multiple pouches without that stopping and making sure that their, their bellies aren't already full.
0: Yeah, and that's amazing. Yeah. So Shabani, we're gonna take a break and when we get back, we're gonna talk more about your journey to found Glow Gourmets. If mealtimes are stressful and you just can't get your kids to eat what you make, then you've got to get them in the kitchen. Cooking with my kids has really gone a long way in encouraging them to try new foods and eat their veggies. But most of us aren't chefs, and that's why I love the Kids Cook Real Food e-course. This course was created by a mom of four and a former elementary school teacher, and it's for kids ages two to teen. You'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping list, and kid-friendly recipes. The course also has a ton of substitutions, so if your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, they've got you covered. My daughters and I have taken the course, and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken this course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. All you have to do to sign up is go to kidscookrealfood.com slash issues, And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash foodissues and sign up. Most of the time, I don't even know why I cook meals because all my kids want are snacks. But finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable isn't always easy. And that's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids are all about the Lara Bars and the Go Raw Cinnamon Snacking Seeds. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products like Truce, which is one of my favorite cleaners, and they also have clean beauty products plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com/foodissues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at ThriveMarket.com/slash-foodissues. So Shivani, there's so many baby food brands now, right? What is unique about your brand?
1: So there's three three key things that are different about Little Gourmets. You know, one is our, our focus on vegetables so we deliver over a serving of veggies in each of our products and that's 100 percent of a baby's needs and 50 percent of a toddler's so on average they deliver 85 percent veggies or beans i should say um per cup so really i think that's industry leading and then the the flavor profile so we deliver tastes from around the world um right now we've got um Morocco, Australia, India, um, Spain, uh, U.S., and I'm forgetting one—a um, <laughs> Middle Eastern our shawarma. So really, it's it's taking this flavor complexity I think further than um, other brands have done, and then the the freshness. So everything is is so minimally processed. We don't we don't apply heat, and so we're really delivering the taste and nutrition of a homemade meal and the combination of those three things is really what i i was trying to solve or i was seeking as i wandered the grocery store aisles
0: and so you know being in the grocery store with all the competition you're you're among big brands what would you say have have been challenges along the way in in launching and growing the business
1: i think the one of the biggest challenges we face is the lack of awareness around fresh baby food so since we have to sit in a cooler, we often don't sit in the baby food aisle. So we'll sometimes we've been placed in the dairy by baby yogurt. Sometimes we're in produce by like other, let's say, vegan products. And sometimes we're in a baby food um, aisle if the retailer has made the investment on, on installing coolers. So that. Lack of ability to kind of point parents to where we are in the store in a universal manner, I think, has slowed um, growth of the category. But um, and then I think just even awareness of fresh as an option in baby food. So when I was looking at this category and whether it was something I wanted to or this, this brand and whether it was something I wanted to launch and I wandered the grocery stores, it was so interesting because they were fresh options for literally every other category other than baby. So there's fresh pet, there's fresh pasta, there's, you know, fresh everything. And there is no fresh baby. And so um, I think even just that awareness that this exists is low. And so we've, um, you know, we're working towards increasing that awareness. There's now a market leader um that is also in grocery um once upon a farm and i think they're i think we're helped by them because they've really um you know jennifer garner the actress is a co-founder so they're they're becoming very well known and i think it's going to help build a category um but that's really in the grocery store it's it's kind of hard to start something where one consumers don't even know that as a whole category it exists and two if they do know it exists they don't know where to find it. So those are probably those key challenges.
0: So Shivani as an op- entrepreneur what we often don't see is it's a ton of work. You're you're not necessarily drawing a salary especially in the early days and so it's a labor of love. So what is one accomplishment since launching Little Gourmets that you're most proud of? I think when I hear from parents that are just so
1: surprised at how much their kids love the products, and how they didn't think they could love vegetables, and didn't think they could love flavor. I think that kind of warms my heart, um, and I love hearing those things. I, I have one story that was that a customer shared with me was just so funny. She said um, she orders to her door, and her son was eating pizza, and the little gourmet showed up, and she said he stopped eating his pizza and literally ate three little gourmets. And I was like, wow, well, if we can be more desired than pizza, then that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I think it's those anecdotal stories that remind me why I was doing this and and knowing that it's exactly what I was looking for. Um, you know, sometimes coming from idea to launch, you have to sacrifice certain things. And I actually, when I look at what Little Gourmets is and I look back to what the vision was, they're, they're perfectly aligned. And so I think that's both those things make me so proud. It is definitely a labor of love and one that I question, like, should I have left my corporate job to, to do this? Because it's taking a lot longer than I ever thought it would. But, um, but I'm really hopeful that we can be a part of a, a brand that really helps one parents demand more from baby food companies and also just lift the category and show that we can deliver something that is nutrient dense and convenient and that that babies love.
0: I love that. You should feel so proud though of all of the work that you've done to to change thinking and and raise awareness and really change how we're feeding our kids in America. It's so important. Yes,
1: it's so important. I mean there's there's so much that we see and like diet related disease in the U S it costs the economy so much money. And I feel like, I feel like we have the answer. I feel like we could, we could stem so much of it with, with early with baby food. And so it's so much more to me than just baby food. It really is kind of helping to solve this obesity and health related crisis that, that we really are in as a country.
0: Yes. So you mentioned you're among other brand partners of PHA's Veggies Early and Often campaign. And some of those founders have been on food issues. So what is next for Little Gourmets? Or right, can you tell us anything that's on the horizon?
1: We feel like we're just getting started. So we are we're in Whole Foods, we're in Myers. We're really trying to get into more retailers and and build, help build this category. And so we we love that we're so researched. Based and it's really bringing something better to the store. And with veggies early and often, I love the support that PHA is providing and really this mission that we're so well aligned on us and on the other brands that are that are part of the coalition. That collaboration um, is not something that you generally see in the food industry or many industries. And so I think together we're trying to get more retailers involved and and show them the research that shows parents are really looking for more vegetables. They're looking for better for their kids. Um I mentioned the resources for pediatricians. That's so so much of that is spearheaded through PHA and um and I think really just helping to educate, which we which we know we need to do. We need, you know, it's it's harder to get your kids to eat veggies, but, um, but it's so worth it. And so really trying to educate both consumers and then pediatricians who are kind of the number one resource that us, that we go to as new parents to figure out what are we supposed to do with this stage? So um, so I don't have anything super specific on that, but, (laughs) but I, but I hope there's more exciting news um, to come and we're definitely working on a lot of different initiatives here.
0: Great. Well, I love chatting with you today. Where can listeners go to learn more about Little Gourmets and, and you and your work?
1: You can Go to um, littlegourmets.com and um, you'll find all the information there and you can always um, reach out to us. I'm Shivani at littlegourmets.com. And I, like I said, I always love hearing from customers or even potential customers. We're always trying to improve and fill needs. So, so either of those work for me. Great. Well, thank you so much for
0: your time today. Thank you, Julie. I hope you love that interview with Shabani as much as I did. She says so much of culture is related to food and so much of nutrition is about having a variety of flavors and colors. Such good stuff. Be sure to head on over to littlegourmets.com, which I've linked to in the show notes, where you can learn more about the company and find a store near you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Food Issues Podcast. You can connect with me on com, where you can leave me a voicemail or send me a message and let me know about a new topic or guest you'd like to hear from. And be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I'll see you next week.